It's the Morning Blitz. What is this, amateur hour? Weekday mornings from 7 to 8 Mountain, 8 to 9 Central, on 1025U Rock and the Rocking M app. Eight thirty-six Central, seven thirty-six in the Mountain Time on this Tuesday, October the tenth. Glad you're with us as always on the Morning Blitz. Thoughts and comments always welcome on our text line, seven eight five eight nine nine twenty two twenty two. Pleased to welcome in a great friend of the show. Has been for a long time. Works for the Kansas City Star. Covers the Kansas City Chiefs now. That's our good friend Jesse Newell. Good morning, Jesse. How's the world treating you these days? Uh, good, Ross. How about yourself? I can't complain. My Arizona Diamondbacks are walloping on the Dodgers in the NLCS. I'm a pretty happy guy. Can't Ooh, complain. Yeah, a little underdog story there. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah it's they been, have been walloping on them. Yeah, it's been fun. And it, like I, said, I was talking before I got you on the air, I was saying it really makes me mad when I hear all the, the, the broadcasters and then you read about it in the news about how people are mad because, well, the playoff system's rigged because these good, the good teams are going to get knocked out by these bad teams. And I'm like, well, then why don't the good teams just win? <laughs> <laughs> So, I think uh, I think everybody agreed to the rules before ever the that's whole thing right. started, right? I that's mean, right. We agreed to these rules. They they just people just want to see Braves and Dodgers so badly, and if it doesn't happen, they're going to be mad about it. So you know, because the world there has to be something to be mad about all the time. Seems like. Oh, anyway, Jesse Newell, our good friend here on the Morning Blitz. Uh, Jesse, I gotta first start off asking uh, how many uh, have you done much research on Taylor Swift here? Have you done much stories on Taylor Swift here over the last few weeks? Uh, not many stories, way more research, and that's probably what everybody wants from us, right? Is, probably uh, all these football junkies that are only into the NFL now um, know all about that. Taylor's has the South American tour coming up, which I learned about, you know. So um, evidently, she won't be able to follow Travis around every single week, you know, coming up here in about a month and. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think this has kind of been the collision of two worlds here where you've got the people that are super into Taylor Swift now starting to learn about football and the people that are super into football now starting to learn a little bit about Taylor Swift. So um, good marketing all around. I don't think that's the genesis of this. I, I really do think that they're, they're hanging out and they're dating and they're kind of enjoying each other's company. And who knows, maybe Travis will end up in a song someday. Um, but, you know, the, the benefit of that to both of them and especially the NFL who seems to always have a, a you know a, a sweet ready for Taylor Swift should she come to these Chiefs games is that this cross promotion really is bringing uh, different people into the mix whether it comes to Taylor Swift or football so it's been it's been crazy man I'm telling you like it's it's just different uh, you see all these celebrities coming to games and you know Chiefs have kind of become America's team and that's not something I would have anticipated before the year began. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I think it's interesting, you know, how you've got the Kelsey, the Kel, you know, Travis Kelsey, you know, and really and the Kelsey family have been complete and utter gold for the NFL, and now you filter it, you you factor in this as well. That's just crazy. Uh, the, the NFL is getting so much good pub that they don't even know what to think about it. So it's crazy. Yeah, just new markets. You know what I mean? I yeah. Mean, so much of what the NFL does now is. You know, in a month here, I'm going to be going to Germany, and they've had these games in London, and they're trying to figure out, hey, how can I, how can we get new eyeballs on the NFL? And, uh, you know, the NFL is so saturated in the United States. One of the natural things to do is, hey, go overseas. Go where there are people that like soccer and, and try to, to gain those people. But, you know, what we're learning now is you're just getting people who have no familiarity at all with football 
And now they in the United States are starting to check out the Chiefs and the NFL. So <laughs> the NFL cannot be complaining about how this whole thing has worked out. Now, speaking of uh, Travis Kelsey, what's the latest you've heard on his foot that he injured or ankle he injured in Minnesota on Sunday? Anything new? Yeah, so it's um, it's interesting. This week, um, as all your Broncos fans will know, you know the Chiefs play it on a short week coming up Thursday, and it's such an abbreviated week. It's it's weird. It's hard to keep up a normal NFL schedule because usually what happens is, you know, three days before a game, two days before a game, um, and four days before a game, you have an injury report come out. Well, you know, they don't practice yesterday because yesterday is just the day after a game, but they have to come up with a projected injury report. Like, hey, if you were going to practice today, who would be going, who wouldn't be going? And they listed Kelsey in that as a do not practice or did not practice. And he was the only one listed with, in that regard. So, um, we'll see. I mean, I, I know Tony Romo talked a little bit about it on the broadcast with some of his, uh, you know, rogue medical skills or people that were talking to him. But uh, this really could be a questionable one for him, uh, for Travis Kelsey to get back to. When you do sprain your ankle, even if it's uh, just one in the moment, you know, you can wrap it up. I think we've all or most of us have played basketball or, or some other sport where, hey, it's, you twist it and you wrap it up real tight. You tie up your shoelaces. You keep playing on it. It doesn't feel great, but you play on it. And then the next day, that thing swells up, and you're like, oh, I can barely walk. And you're like, how did I play basketball yesterday? Well, you know, the blood is still going in there. There's a little bit of adrenaline. You can play through it. So uh, this probably will be kind of a 50-50 thing for Kelsey. But uh, we'll know more today. We get with uh, Andy Reid here in a, a few hours, along with Patrick Mahomes uh, and those guys. And I'll have to release another injury report coming out this afternoon. But uh, just based off the abbreviated schedule and the Chiefs having to turn around and play again on Thursday, there at least has to be some question about him playing with his ankle injury and potentially the Spartanist of potentially doing that just because, um, you know, the Broncos are not that good and the Chiefs obviously would have kind of a week and a half off to get fully recovered uh, if they're able to get by the Broncos this week. Through five weeks, and this is just my opinion watching the Chiefs, I just don't feel like as if offensively they are clicking on all cylinders. And, and, and I don't know why that is. I mean, you could say that about a lot of different NFL teams this year. Why are the Chiefs maybe not clicking as good as maybe some people expected them to or, or have gotten used to expecting them to to being so good offensively. Yeah, I, I think it's it's valid. I mean, we've just been so used to the Chiefs. The offense has been Superman. You know what I mean? Like it's you expect to be number one in the NFL or number two in the NFL. You expect them to have big plays. You expect them to you know have all these passing yards, and it's just been a little bit of a grind. And 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 some of this is schedule based. You know, they face some good defenses in there. And for example, if Patrick Mahomes had not slid down at the two yard line uh, against the Jets on Sunday Night Football, if he just goes in the end zone, we're talking about a team that scores 30 on the road against the Jets, which has got to be considered one of the top five, if not top ten defenses in the NFL. So some of this is just a little bit, um, you know, maybe it's a little bit better than it seems. But I think the biggest thing is, is kind of the obvious here, which is the receivers that they have are young. It's hard for them to go out and sign free agent receivers based on them spending their resources in other places. And when you have these young receivers, part of I've always likened to this, Ross. So in basketball, you can kind of play offense two different ways. Like you can have a coach scheme something up and like, hey, when this guy gets the ball, you cut here, then he's going to throw it here, then he's going to throw it to you, and then you're going to turn around and score. And like Bill Self, for example, like the 2008 championship for KU, um, that's how they won basketball games. But you know, Mario Chalmers will talk about it to this day. Like they had no freedom basically offensively. It was just throw it here, you throw it here, you move here, and you just continue that pattern until something opens up. And Bill Self was really strict with that and kind of constrictive because um, he knew that worked, and he knew if he could create openings if 
teams ran the things that he wanted them to run and did it the right way. The other part to do that in basketball is pick and roll, where, okay, you know, you set a screen, guy rolls to the rim, and then you base your decision on what the defense is doing. And that's really hard to stop as a defense because you can kick out for a three, or you can drive, or you can hit the roll man, but you don't know what the offense is going to do on a particular play because they're doing what they do based off of the look that you're giving them. And that's how the Chiefs run. I mean, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, they're so successful because they make stuff up as they go. They're like, oh, look at this defense. Okay, the defense isn't guarding this way. Kelsey was supposed to run a corner out. He's going to run in instead, and Patrick Mahomes is going to see that he's going to throw it to him, even though that was not part of the script. And so getting to that point takes time. Getting to that point takes reps, and getting to that point sometimes is just kind of an ESP thing that two guys have in the NFL, and that's you know Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. Trying to get these receivers to see the field the same way that Patrick Holmes does and get them accustomed to a pick-and-roll type offense, you know, a post-snap offense that the Chiefs run, just taking some time. So you've seen a lot of instances where Sky Moore will run something or she writes run something, and after the play, then completion, and Patrick Holmes is pointing and, and saying, do this or do that instead, and they're just trying to kind of come together. And it hasn't completely worked out yet. Yeah, that's some of the penalties. They've had you know, lots of penalties on the offensive line, and it just seems to be a work in progress. I think the positive for the Chiefs is – We've seen in the last few years, they seem to get better as the year goes on. I would fully anticipate that happening this year as well with some of the young receivers that they have. Jesse Newell, our guest from the Kansas City Star. Of the receivers, you know, when we talked in the preseason, you mentioned they were really trying to get Sky more involved, especially in preseason camp. We've seen Rasheed Rice have some nice here uh, recently. We've, we've seen some other guys get some moments. Uh, you know, uh, Justin Watson's looked good in some in some crunch time situations. Who do you think is going to become, you know, that the best receiver for the Chiefs when this season is over. That's not Travis Kelsey, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I'd probably say Rasheed Rice at this point. You're right, there was high hopes for Sky Moore, everything coming out of camp. Um, he had a big training camp. Everyone was really high on him. He's still getting the most snaps out of those guys, other than uh, Marquez Valdez-Scanling, who um, kind of has had a quiet start to the season as well. But, you know, you look at um, – I lowered it way down on on the – the rankings, but if you look at guys that have had at least 12 targets this year in the NFL uh, and the pro football focus grade that goes with them, right now, Rasheed Rice ranks 11th out of those guys. And the top 10 are people you would expect. I mean, it's just like a who's who. It's, you know, Justin Jefferson and Devontae Adams and Jamar Chase. I mean, he ranks up with all those guys. He just hasn't really gotten the opportunity. So he has had some problems with drops, and I just talked about it. You know, Patrick Mahomes sometimes doesn't see him in the, in the right spot that he always wants him in. But I think what we're starting to see with Mahomes is he so much with him is if he has confidence in the guy to go back to them. And you saw it in a particular series against Minnesota. There was a first down play where Rasheed Rice was supposed to keep running. He didn't. Mahomes threw it to where he, he thought he should have been. It was a step in front of him. And so Mahomes holds him back to the huddle and says, hey, you got to keep running. Keep, don't stop your route. you got to keep running. Two plays later, Mahomes targets him again on a slant over the middle. Rasheed catches it, gets upfield, gets in the end zone for the touchdown. And I think so much of this is that, which is, Who's Mahomes going to trust? I mean, he seems to have kind of a quick trigger to, to go away from somebody if something happens and he doesn't like it and he feels like he can't go back to them because if he throws it to them again, there might be an interception or there might be a negative play that comes about because of it. But he seems to go back to Rasheed a little bit quicker than he does Sky Moore. And I think Sky Moore has gotten open at certain times. He's had a couple bad games. He's had a couple good games. But I just don't yet see that trust between him and Mahomes that they tried to work all off seasons to develop. So right now I'd probably say Rasheed Rice. I think he's going to get more snaps. I asked Matt Nagy, the offensive coordinator, yesterday on our Zoom call whether he had earned more snaps, Rasheed Rice, based off his play. He only had 20 snaps against the Vikings. Had four catches for, I think it was 33 yards and a touchdown. 
And uh, Matt Nagy said, yeah, uh, he's trending that way, and he's doing some things that they didn't even see from him a few weeks ago. So I'll probably go with Rice right now. That's not what I would have told you in the preseason, but with new, new information, we change our thoughts. And right now he's producing and um, playing in a way that I think the Chiefs need to get him on the field more, and they need to see more what they have from the rookie receiver. A couple more for you here. Uh, we've talked about the offense a lot, and, and they've been fine. But I'll tell you, the defense has been actually, I think, like the strength of this Kansas City team. They're allowing just 16 points per game. They're flying all over the field. They're getting turnovers. I've been impressed with this defense. Are you in the same boat? Like, they've, they've outperformed what I thought they would do. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's why the Chiefs are 4-1 and one right now, is that for all these things we talk about offensively and them not being you know, total gods on that end, their defense has risen, at least to this point, as a top-10 unit in the NFL. And so much of that is just development over time. Guys like Trent McDuffie taking a big jump from one year, year one to year two. George Karloftis, big jump from year one to year two. Trying to see Brian Cook put together some good games on the back end. Even their free agent signings. You know, Drew Tranquil, it seemed like kind of a, a piece maybe you didn't need because of the linebackers they already had. Well, Nick Bolton goes out with an injury, and Drew Tranquil steps in, and the Chiefs don't miss much of a beat. I mean, they miss a little bit of a beat because of Nick Bolton and how good he is, but he's still been great. And Mike Edwards is another free agent signing who he's really come on the last couple of weeks in some of the three safety looks. So it just really has all come together for them. And I, like I said, I, I think the coaches deserve credit because it's just not um, – it doesn't have to happen that your players always get better year one to year two or year two to year three. And that's really what's happened with the Chiefs. Every single week you see somebody else flashing who maybe wasn't as good a year ago. And uh, so I think the coaching staff deserves a lot of credit. The players who have gotten themselves better, whether it's George Charles just working with his hand fighting in the offseason or you know Trent McDuffie is just a total film rat to be able to know what coverages are coming or kind of know – um, what the t- tendencies are of the team across from him. But whatever the case may be, the Chiefs are getting better, and they look a lot better this season. And so that is one reason to be encouraged, is that the offense doesn't always have to play the role of superhero because the defense has held its own so far. Is this going to be the most interesting stretch of the season, uh, schedule-wise? Denver, Los Angeles Chargers, Denver, Miami, Philadelphia. It's, there's some good teams mixed in there with a kind of almost a back-to-back, it feels like, against the Broncos, a rival that's really down this year. Your thoughts on the schedule the next couple of handful of weeks? Yeah, I mean, you can look ahead. I mean, that Miami game in, in Germany is going to be amazing. And the Tyree Kill stuff, you know, it's, it's one of the games of the season. So you look forward to that one, and then, a Super Bowl rematch right after that. You know, what, what, what can you not like about that game? But you said it in between Denver, Chargers, Denver. Those are three really important games. And the Chiefs are in great shape in the AFC. They're in great shape when it comes to the AFC West. And some of those teams, like you said, like Denver, aren't looking as good as we thought they were going to be. But if you lose a couple of these games, then you're all of a sudden, you know, you kind of thrown away all the good work you've done through five weeks. So these are important for the Chiefs. Um, these are ones that they can't take lightly. But and we know Andy Reid's record with, with KC in the last 11 years is they beat down on the AFC West opponents as the reason they've been so dominant here over this course of time. And I think the last time the Broncos beat the Chiefs was before the Royals won, won the World Series back in 2015. So it has been a long time since the Broncos beat the Chiefs and obviously not something I would anticipate this weekend, or not this weekend, this Thursday at Arrowhead. He is Jesse Newell of the Kansas City Star. Jesse, as always, thank you so much for your time and insight. We'll catch up hopefully down the road. All right. Sounds good, Russ. Appreciate it. Once again, great stuff from Jesse Newell. Always love visiting with him. He's always got great information. And about just an encyclopedia of knowledge as well is Jesse Newell. All right. We got about uh, eight minutes left to go on our show today. We'll take our final break, come back, wrap things up with a quick let's rank something next. You're listening to the Morning Blitz.